Hello again, and welcome to episode four of In Gear with the Shop. I'm your host, Reagan Dickinson, and joining us today in the studio is Mark Sharp, owner of Sharpie's Rod and Custom, just down the road from us here in the Denver area. Quick reminder to listen to this podcast on your favorite platform, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and at our website, theshopmag.com. We're all about freedom of choice here, so there it is. Okay, Mark and I are going to discuss the art and reality of restoration, as well as issues universally affecting our industry. So let's roll. You know, as I had mentioned before, I'm just I'm very impressed with your work of what I've seen. Very, very detailed, very gorgeous. And I just want some insight into your process and how you've been able to hone that process over the years to uh, come up with your style. I'll try to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll kind of give you a little bit of background on uh, myself, starting out, I guess, if you want. Sure. I dropped out of high school. At 16, I started painting cars. I worked at, actually, Woodland Park Auto Body. Okay. And I was a painter's helper for my dad. About was, what year was this? 1980. Okay. And your dad was in the collision repair business, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he started in 59, mm-hmm. and he started in Colorado Springs, and then uh, he owned his first shop in Denver in 69. Okay. Since then, has owned, owned several shops, so I grew up in a body shop. Pushing a broom when I was about six. Yeah, six. Okay. <laughs> Perfect age yeah. for that, right? Yeah. Started okay. painting. He started teaching me how to paint when I was about 10. I could actually paint a car pretty well by the time I was 12. I was a little short. So I need a little help on that end of it. So They give you a stepladder or a stool or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, he usually it was a five-gallon thinner barrel. <laughs> okay. He'd stand on. And, uh, you know, that was back in the days when we were shooting acrylic enamels, single-stage acrylic enamels. And, okay. And then faster lacquers for spot jobs, you know, if you wanted to get a car out real quick because it dries real quick and you can buff it real quick. Yeah, so we just started out, me and my brother, were at the shop working when we were little kids. So over all those years, there's probably been a lot of changes as far as painting and restoration. What are, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen or things that you've been able to employ that you think have helped you and have helped with the quality of your work as well? Well, you know, like I've uh, been with PBG for quite a while, so we're fully certified in PBG. You know, just over the years in the 90s, you know, they started a program to certify painters, and so they educated you pretty much on the products that that you're using. Mm -hmm. So that always helped. You know, before that, even in the 80s, you didn't have a lot of, there was no training. You just bought products, and you used them. Yeah. And you went by the directions close as you could. So it was trial by error. Yeah. 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 So when the when the training come out, you could really dial in the products you're using Mm -hmm. and um, you'd get to know them real well. So are are there things in the process as you restore a vehicle and to make sure that the end result is exactly what the customer wants and what you expect as far as what you're producing from a quality standpoint? Are there steps along the way where you you know at this step, I better do this or it's not going to be what I want it to be? Yeah, you know, when you tell a customer, okay, I'm going to do this. For example, these flames, I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. You want to make sure you hold up as you told them or Mm -hmm. you've written down. 
you know, because you don't want a customer going, well, that looks nice, but that's not what we talked about. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's something you never want to hear. So, so yeah, I, I'm very particular when it comes to following through with what I told a customer I'm going to do, you know, because otherwise you put yourself in a bad spot, you know, right. in the customer too, because it's, yeah. you know, if, if you're going in and you're paying somebody for a certain thing, you want a certain thing. Yeah. You want it detailed to what you told the, uh, the shop, you, you know, what you wanted. So you want to make sure you follow through there. You mentioned that you offer a warranty with your paint jobs. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Or do you offer a warranty for the entire restoration, including the paint yeah, job like and everything on, like else? Yeah, like an entire restoration, we offer a seven-year warranty. Okay. And so what are the, I think you mentioned something. There are things that you have to do, though, to make sure that, that uh, you can offer the warranty in the yeah. first place. And so what are some of those things that you do to make sure that you can offer well, that warranty? Well, I get some people that go, well, how come you have to strip it all the way down to metal? I mean, the paint yeah. that's on it looks pretty good. Right, right. And I tell them, well, if I paint over that, if that old paint paint goes there goes my paint yeah so there goes your warranty there is no warranty I, you know there's just no way you can you can't, can't warranty somebody else's paint job that's underneath my paint job so we avoid that right off the bat i just tell them the only way we can do it is if we take it down to metal and then you'll be happy you know you take care of that paint job with the products we have now that paint job will last 30 years right pretty easy actually if, yeah. you know because a lot of these shops i mean a lot of these cars most of them are all garage queens anyway so yeah you know they come out on saturday and sunday and they cruise around and go back in the garage you know yeah so you know there's really no uv problems or anything like that on these cars really for the most part so you know i just tell them you know this is the best deal for you. you'll be thanking me later that you did it mm-hmm. it's going to cost you a little more <laughs> of course but it's it's going to there's a reason why it's going to cost more it's because it's to your advantage. Are, are things that the customers are looking for from you, have those changed over the years? So for example, do you find that people want to, they want restoration exactly as it was in the original, or do they want a restoration that's maybe a little bit more modernized, but has the look of the older vehicle? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you probably get about a split of those people. I have two Chevelles in there right now. One's a 69, one's a 72. They're both big block cars, but uh, one of them's changing the color of the 72. And we're going to do some uh, some nice SS stripes. And th- we're not going back to the OEM color on the paint coat of the car. Now, on the other hand, the other one, the guy bought brand new. It's a 69, and he bought it brand new. So he wants his done exactly how it rolled out in 69. So we're going with the, the original gold that's on it, and we're putting the original exact color interior back in it. I assume that requires research on your side. Yeah, a lot of times you just go off the VIN, uh, I mean, off the uh, ID tag and everything in the VIN and look up everything on it. And and the good thing about this particular car is it's still there, so the interior is still there, so it's pretty easy to go off of. The paint code's there, so we're just doing it. The only difference in the paint, it's a base coat, clear coat, instead of an acrylic enamel single stage, which is what it was back in the day. Well, what's the most difficult project that you've ever worked on, or at least one of those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1913 Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, it was in bits and pieces. So What kind of bits and pieces? What, what, oh, man, what do you I, mean exactly by that? Well, it was a guy that had a lot of money, let's put it that way. He, he found it, and he wanted to restore it. So he sent the motor off, and a lot of the motor was brass. A lot of the components on the motor was brass. So he mm-hmm. sent a lot of that all to be polished, the motor to be rebuilt. But the, the car was in shambles. I mean, the fenders were rotted. They were rusted. They were... Really, I looked at it, and I thought, wow, why are you doing this? <laughs> 
but he got a lot of money for it, so that's why. But yeah, it was rusted. It, it was just in pieces. It was dented up. It looked like something uh, it had bullet holes in it. <laughs> yeah, so somebody would use it for target practice out in the country. Oh, okay. okay. And that's where they found it. And if you looked at it, you'd go, why would anybody want to put you know any of this energy and money into something like this? But when we got it done, uh, it went to a museum. That's how nice it turned out. Really? So And uh, we did a, an original uh, acrylic enamel style paint. Back then, they used to brush them on. They'd brush them on with uh, actually lacquer, and then they'd have another guy behind the guy's putting the paint on with the brush mm. he'd come in with lacquer thinner right behind him and smooth it off okay and that's how they got there and they, it worked really good yeah it's amazing the finish that they come out with uh-huh. but but you know again it didn't last very long and of course back then neither neither did the cars <laughs> you know they didn't last very long either we did this one in like an acrylic enamel single stage finish mm-hmm. so it did look like it belonged in that time era so what is the average time that you see a project in your shop? How long is it in your shop and in the process of being restored? Well, like a full frame off, something like that, it's usually, sometimes depending on how bad the body is, so on and so forth, it can be there anywhere from a year and a half to two. That's pretty typical. Yeah, and that's typical. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we get them down quicker than that. Well, maybe, maybe not, but I've seen other shops that are at least that long. Okay. How do you set those expectations with the customer? You know, as we discussed before, the television shows kind of make it seem like your turnaround's not too much worse than it would be if you took your Subaru in for, you know, an oil change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. I've had people, you know, even bring up that fact yeah. that, hey, you know, uh, Foos does it in this amount of time and, you know, this, that, and the other. Right. And, you know, and, you know, of course, they got 20 guys working on a car. Yeah. Two, if you ever watch that. They got a, everybody working on something. Sure, but, and there's the editing and so on and yeah, so there's forth. But editing there's, and stuff there's like a perception that. that's been yeah. created there, right? So how do you kind of right. battle that perception? <clears throat> yeah. For us, you know, the ex- I just tell them straight out, you know, we're looking at... Uh, a year to year and a half on certain jobs, maybe two years, somewhere mm-hmm. in that area. Most people don't, they don't really care because they understand. Most people are pretty well educated on, on reality. Yeah. You know, instead of, uh, you know, I see it on reality this show TV. and that show. And, sure. Yeah, yeah. Reality versus yeah. reality TV. Right, yeah. When we get done doing a, a paint job on, on the clear coat, we'll cut and buff it. We'll go around that car three times. So we'll cut it one time around with 1,000 grit. Then we'll come around it again with 1,500. Then we'll come around it again with 3,000. Mm. And then we'll buff the whole thing. Yeah. So just the hours of going around the car after it's painted. So a lot of people go, oh, it's painted. It's, it's good to go. No. <laughs> no, it ain't. <laughs> still it's, got a long so, way to go. Yeah, still got a long way to go. So, uh, But I try to educate them. Well, this is, what, this is what happens when we get to this step. And this is what happens once we get past that step to this step. So then, you know, they're educated and they know what to expect timing-wise. Mm-hmm. And you don't leave them in the dark, you know, because otherwise that's where a lot of problems can happen. Have you seen any differences in the last five years, say, in what your customers are after when they come into the shop and maybe they're interested in getting something restored? Do you see any differences in what they're looking for in that restoration? 
you know, kind of, it's almost kind of harkens back to what we were talking about before. Do they want it back to the original or do they want kind of to have the look of the old car, but the modernized features, maybe the electronics on the inside are are modernized. Have you seen any differences in what people are after? People are going more for the Restal mods now. Okay. Stuff. Yeah. You know, the more modern, uh, modern, uh, modernized of any muscle car yeah you know because let's face it the the people the older ones let's face it they're getting older and uh they're not around with uh these old muscle cars as much so you're getting the younger generation they're getting their hands on them Mm -hmm. so what they're doing is going okay you know i'm going to put an ls motor in the chevelle or you know i'm putting different uh, bigger tires and wheels on it right you know they're they're making these modern uh, changes to them Uh so we're seeing more of that but then you know i'd say you're probably on average maybe a 60 40 probably 40 percent resto mod type situations okay but but that's something that shifted over the years then probably yeah yeah it's definitely gotten popular okay so you're starting to see more of a younger generation coming into your shop than perhaps you were before maybe it was very baby boomer oriented yeah for sure okay and you know we were you know like i say you know you're getting a bunch bunch of the older ones are selling their cars now which is kind of sad yeah they're kind of giving up on you know it's time to sell the car (laughs) and some of the younger people you know they like to keep them original too yeah well i think we all hope that the younger generation is going to hold the torch and keep that torch going instead of just Mm -hmm. letting it go by and get into their autonomous vehicle and, and not drive yeah, yeah, right, right? right we, yeah. We want to see the opposite of that, right? We want to see a little bit more enthusiasm you're about that. You're seeing a lot of younger people still into it, you know? Yeah. The only thing you're not seeing a lot of younger people uh, do is get into the rest, you know, follow through with the restorations. As far as, like, uh, people getting jobs as, as body men and painters in the restoration mm-hmm. business, we're really falling short on on shops, and people yeah you're gonna really see the effects of that it sounds like maybe a solution would be an organized apprentice program where shops sign up and they start uh recruiting kids from high school yeah yeah and you know they get them into a real shop like you're saying a person like me can say hey you know let me show you show you one thing today i'm going to show you one thing what you can do uh we're going to prep out this the body on this car and this is what we're going to start with and and if they would just listen and follow through, they're going to learn a lot just in that from any shop, really. Mm-hmm. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the car show circuit, because I know that you're heavily involved in the car show circuit. To me, it seems like there's two things going on for you. That is, one, you enjoy it. Two, you derive some business benefits from it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I enjoy the car shows a lot. They're a lot of fun. You you meet a lot of a lot of crazy people, too. And yeah, you know, at the shop, when I do them at the shop, I, I always have an open house so people can kind of come in there and walk through Uh, i haven't done it in five years because of the move that we made but this you know for 2021 i want to go ahead and do one this spring so you know when i do my car shows i have an open house so people can see the projects we're working on and sometimes we'll uh we'll even do like a little spray out in the booth or something but for the most part it really stirs people's uh enthusiasm on their cars a lot of people go well you know i need to get my car painted or i need to get it touched up do you feel like hosting those uh, helps your business yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it really does. Because it, it lets people know kind of what you do, what services you provide, uh, and also, you know, the quality of work you're doing because they'll see it in the shop. How do you get the word out? 
I do flyers the old-fashioned way. I'll get them out, and then I'll also get the information out to some of my friends that belong in clubs. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. They'll just take off with it. I'll initially get it out, and then next thing you know, you know, I got a big old parking lot full of cars. It's like magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, we used to do some at, like, uh, the Glen Barn Grill. That was down, that was off of Irma Drive over here in North Glen. And... Uh, we would we would really push it over there because the restaurant wouldn't push it, uh, and they were making money off of it, of course, which was why they were doing it. But I just decided, you know, I just kind of want to do my own car shows at my own shop to where I can kind of control things easier that way, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you go to a car show, there has to be a business purpose behind it mm-hmm. as well, right? Not just hey, I love seeing these people; they're crazy. Yeah. They, you know, <laughs> yeah, they, right, they're right. awesome vehicles. But um, from a business standpoint, how do you approach those when you go travel to one? You know, I always carry, I'm like my uh, my old man, you know, I'll, I'll always carry cards with me. Yeah. And I don't pressure nobody or nothing. I'll just be talking with them. And it's kind of funny. Somebody will say, hey, you know what? My Chevelle's over here. Come and look at it. I've scratched the quarter panel. Yeah. You know, so I get a lot of that. Yeah. So I'll be walking around looking at people's cars. You take your own vehicle? Yeah. Do you take a number of vehicles with you uh, or does it depend on the show? I, I just, you know, I sold my 26 uh, tall T. It's in California now, but I'm working on a 64 GTO now. Oh, nice. It's about done. Yeah. Uh, I'll have it down the shop next week to start it up. It hasn't right. been started yet. So, yeah, once I get that running, I'll take it with me. You know, it's it's always one of those things where people see your work, you know, they... Then they they really ask you, you know, I'll put my cards on the on the radiator support when the hood's open or something like that, mm-hmm. so people can take them. Will you take a different car based on what type of show it is? You know, I don't, but I do let my customers know. Uh, cert, you know, there's Mopar guys. I'll say, hey, you know what? There's a Mopar show up at Bandemir this week. Do you know about it? Do you ask them to put your card in the vehicle? You know, they, or just, to... they just do. They're really cool people for the most part. I have a really good— So they'll specify who did what on the vehicle? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And I always tell them, you know what, with certain things, tell them— just, if we just did body work and paint, advertise just the body and paint. Don't tell them we did this, this, and this, and this. Mm-hmm. You know? Because yeah. I don't like even, I don't like taking any kind of credit for other people's work either. So that's not, it's uh, not cool. What do you think is the most important lesson that you've learned from a business standpoint? You never know it all. Yeah. You know, and my dad always told me, you know what? If you think you know it all, you, you need to get in a different business because you don't. You know, so I I like learning. You're constantly learning uh, different uh, techniques on certain things. That's why I'll watch, you know, different TV shows. I do see uh, some shows if they have a particular car that like I'm working on, same car. Yeah. Uh, For example, we're working on a uh, 1965 Daytona uh, replica of Shelby and uh, Foose had one on just like it about two weeks ago yeah. maybe three weeks ago yeah. and I was watching it because it's identical to the, one, to the one I'm building so I was just seeing what he's doing yeah. and, and comparing it to what we're doing and we're pretty much on the same page really it's yeah. pretty basic you know yeah. but it was kind of interesting just to watch just to see what they were going to do with the car in uh, comparison to what we're doing with the one we have yeah but uh, yeah you know I think as far as one of the most important things uh, in my mind is just take every day in stride you know because these these cars are a lot of pressure the customers can be a lot of pressure mm-hmm. your expectations yourself or what you expect of yourself you know 
you can't stay up at night worrying about it because I used to do that. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to sleep and in my sleep be worrying about worrying about. Okay, I need to get this done. I need to get that car done. I need to get that the body off of this car. And you know, you're just thinking all the time. Anymore, I just say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go in today, tomorrow, and I'm gonna just uh, bust butt, get as much done as I can do, and I'm leaving it at that. You know, so yeah. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself crazy. Exactly. How has the pandemic affected your business? Phones are really slow. You know, we get uh, emails and stuff still, but phones have really quieted down quite a bit. But uh, we're still we're still getting work. Volume's down a little bit, though. Volume's down, yeah, like new sales is down a little yeah. bit. But it's kind of a blessing because it's given us time to catch up on what we do have anyway, so... So in a sense, it's kind of a good thing. We yeah. just don't want it going too long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't exactly. want to, we don't want to want to be uh, starving out. So, but it's given us time to kind of catch up on stuff. You know, yeah. some and I would assume projects. to catch up on maybe some of those kind of nagging business things that you have to do. Yeah. You know, the books yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Catch up on that, and then uh, you know we're working on about uh, eighteen cars now. So it's kind of giving us time to catch up on them. Gotcha. And reorganize the shop and stuff like that. So if we get time, we'll do a little reorganizing and we'll get a little spare time. That way we do get reloaded. Well, we'll be ready. So, and it will. It's it's just one of those deals, you know. We're all stuck in it. Right. You know? We have to just deal with it, you know. So <laughs> just uh, have to grin and bear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what the music means. Our time is up. I appreciate you coming and joining us in studio. This was very exciting to see you in person. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thank you for your yeah, time. I enjoyed it too. Anytime you need a guest, you yell at me. Oh, you got it. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate uh, being on your show. Hey, y'all can check out Mark's shop online at sharpiescustomcars.com. Speaking of online, go to theshopmag.com to access this and previous podcasts and the latest news and features from around the industry. Also, if you have any thoughts and suggestions, have a guest to recommend, or you'd like to have a particular subject covered, reach out to our producer, David McNeil, or DMAC as we call him. You can find his information in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, adios amigos.